Hello, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Walls. I am your host, Lauren Springman, and on this podcast, you'll be informed, entertained, and educated on everything in the real estate industry. I would like to introduce our guest today. His name is Brad Kalaim, and he is with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, Gary Green. Welcome, Brad. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Lauren. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad that you're on it. This is going to be fun. So I've now we have to be appropriate. To <laughs> Always the consummate professional. Right. Professional. Okay. I got to get my professional mindset. It's going to be hard, but we'll, we'll try. But so how did you get started in the industry? Um, well, you know, fun story. You know, I, I've actually I just, just started like a year ago in the middle of the pandemic. So um, I was an educator for 14 years. They allowed I, I you to educate kids? They did. It's kind of scary if you know me. <laughs> um, yeah, I was an educator for a very long time. And, um, you know, I got into real estate. It's actually a great story um, about my company. I was looking to buy a home. And uh, I was a band director at the time. Uh, that's what I taught. I have a degree in music. And a lot of educators uh, turn into great realtors. And so when I went to seek out a realtor, I found um, a friend who had been a band director and had gone into real estate and become quite successful at uh, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, Gary Green. And I called him up and I said, you know, it's time for me to buy my first house. And um, his name was uh, DJ Zerbriggan. He was a great realtor. And he um, showed me with my very first experience what buying a home with a great realtor should be like. And um, I, I know I was a hard client because I was always a kind of do-it-yourselfer realtor person um, who, who always avoided using realtors. I, you know, I would look at har.com by myself and try to find my own comps and things like that. And um, which is funny because now as a realtor, I find those types of customers sometimes challenging to work with. Okay. <laughs> but um, but DJ did a great job and, and he listened to my, my concerns and what I wanted to do. I wanted to make a lot of money on my first house. You know, I wanted to buy a home that was in a, a good school district because I know how important that is uh, mm -hmm. for, for market value. And um, I wanted to buy something that ne needed work because I, I was quite handy also. So I had this idea that I'll turn this first home purchase into a profitable experience. And that made it hard, but he did a really good job. And we found a great home out uh, in Fort Bend County mm -hmm. in uh, the city of Meadows Place. And that experience was great. And, you know, I lived there for five, six years and met my wife and we worked on the house over time and, and renovated a hundred percent. And when it came time to sell, I had, uh, I had, I'd, stopped my education career. We'd moved downtown and um, I called my buddy up. He'd moved out of state. I said, DJ, I'm ready to sell my house. I need another realtor. So of course he referred me to his working partner, another uh, Better Homes and Gardens real estate, Gary Green agent named uh, Michelle Miller. And that home selling experience was also perfect. And um, Michelle is now in management actually for our company. And I was able to sell that house with, with my agent's help and basically double my money. And through the course of that, I realized, you know, you know, working on the house and getting it sold, I realized this is something that um, I want to do. 
And yeah. my background in education, I think, has uh, several crossovers to real estate, you know, educating first-time buyers, um, even second, third-time buyers, when they come back to it, they need somebody sometimes who can really break it down for them. And so that's how I got into real estate. So my question is, I have a couple of questions actually from just listening to you. One is why are the clients the hardest, the ones that like search on hard and know why would they be the most, I don't know what the word to say. Well, um, I think, I, I think that, that, you know, I don't want to generalize. I think informed clients are great, but sometimes people might, um, see all the information out there. There's a lot of information and not all of it is good. Um, we might have people that are hitting certain hot websites and they're like, oh, this website says my house is worth, you know, $460,000. And well, we have to kind of get in the weeds on that data and say, well, you know, that's actually just tax roll data. It's not a real comp because that particular brand of website isn't a broker. So they don't actually have, you know, access to the, the, the comparables. Um, but we so do break in your client's heart is probably not easy either. Yeah, that can be difficult because I mean, I was the same way. So instead of talking about, you know, <laughs> other clients, I can just talk about myself as a client. When I was a client, I thought, oh, I have all this data, I can go find it. Um, but you know, you can't always rely on just stuff you pull up on right. all these hot brand name websites, because mm -hmm. a lot of them aren't, like I said, they're not brokers in Texas. Um, so they can't really pull accurate data. So that that can be an educational curve that we have to overcome. And I find that clients that are like, uh, to borrow an education word, clients that are lifelong learners, <laughs> you know, if they're able um, and willing to accept new information and change their point of view, then it can be very enjoyable. But it can be difficult sometimes once people latch on to a certain data point. And yeah. uh, it, it's a real challenge that we face is sometimes educating our clients about the real information that's out there. I was being kind of sarcastic when I said breaking your client's heart, because I know like a lot of, you know, like if you're someone that's selling your house, right, they, it's your house and you're like, oh, it's beautiful. Why aren't, why isn't someone going to spend this much money? And then they see the site that they're like, oh, I can get $430,000. And you're like, wait a minute, actually, it's not that much. That has to be hard to kind of like burst their bubble. How would you burst their bubble in a more professional way, I guess, instead of just saying, eh, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it can be a challenge because, you know, the person out there that has the highest opinion of value of a house is the person who owns the house. <laughs> I mean, it's always just, it's the yeah. facts. Um, even as a realtor, you know, when I go to sell my home, I'm going to be like, this has got to be worth 20 more than the identical one right there, you know, because it's right. my house. Mm -hmm. Five feet of grass. It's great grass, you know. Um, <laughs> it can be, I do, I do have five feet of grass and in the heights, you know, that's a big deal. That's huge. It's huge. Um, it's huge to the taxing authorities. But <laughs> not so much, you know, for me, but exactly. Um, it's hard, you know, I just... I am not one for uh, being delicate and tiptoeing. I typically just get straight to the point. Um, you know, I, I can handhold if I have to. I taught kindergarten for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. Um, you know, I can, I can, I can give the gentle side hug and say, "Look, it's going to be okay." Um, 
I know this hurts, but I just got to tell you, you know, the realistic value is reflected in these, you know, these comps, but we can always be hopeful. Let's list it and see what the market brings, you know, which more and more is just wildly over listing price. So that's yeah. my question. Okay. Cause I know a lot of agents say that. And my agent, when we put up my house, they're like, okay, well, if this is what you think it could be, you know, like we'll list it and see where it goes. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, be realistic with me. You know what I mean? Like, what should I actually list it at? Because sometimes people, like you said, think that their house could be worth a lot more than it is than what it actually market value is going for. So how do you even do it now with the market? You know, back then it was easy because you just followed the comps, right? And now, like people, as I've heard them say, like you don't follow the comps as much. So how do you even know what to list a house at? Well, you know, I believe in honest pricing that's based on good data. Um, everybody else, you know, they're different, but I think that um, you know we list homes with the goal of them being sold within three percent of you know list price and that's the way we've done it in the past and that's the way we want to continue to do it and as the market continues to boom you know of course things are going to go up but let's not get all crazy wild west and just say let's start the auction you know we need to be able to price things reasonably um we never know when somebody's going to come in with you know deep pockets and just say I want that. It's got this limited edition sheet rock from 1989 that I just must have you know, or whatever and overpay mm -hmm. that that stuff can happen. But, you know, we need to not um, price things counting on those kind of miracles and one offs. We should be able to reliably state, you know, this is what a reasonable sales price would be. And you know, you cannot underprice things in this market. I think um, I had this conversation the other day with somebody, you know, well, you know, I think we should list it, you know, for 40,000 more than what you thought, Brad. And I'm just like, you know, if you, if you put that huge margin on top, you're just going to turn people away. And if, you know, if, if you're right, Mr. Seller, and, you know, my reasonable valuation is 40 too low, we're just going to get a gazillion offers and the market will dictate the winning price. Yes. And you, know, you can't underprice things in this market. If it has four walls and a roof, it will sell if you price it reasonably. Do you see people pricing them unreasonably just because of all the bids of people going in and some people getting 30,000 above appraisal or, you know, do you see kind of shady stuff like that going on? Well, or, I don't know if it's shady. Or shady. I mean, I, don't, I just, you know, I mean, but. I guess the uh, the approach to this pricing model varies greatly in the industry. Um, that's my favorite catchphrase, varies greatly in the real estate industry. Um, I know how I price things. I know how my company has instilled the pricing model in me. Um, I know what I expect my colleagues and my company to price things at. And I know what I like to see when I'm looking at, at buying houses you know, with my buyer clients. But again, the market varies greatly. The opinions on price modeling vary greatly and we just have to play ball on the field that we've got. Yeah, I guess right now is unprecedented times. You're not really sure. Oh, in these unprecedented in times, these unprecedented. 
heavy air quotes there for the listening audience. I know, right? I, I hate saying it. It's so touche, but it's like, I feel like everyone says it, you know? You know, because, it, like, you it's, don't know. it's true. It is. It's true. I mean, we are in the middle of a pandemic. We had a natural disaster with a freeze. Now there's this ridiculous, you know, housing shortage um, with, with an, a boom across the industry that we haven't seen in decades. And, you know, let's just knock on wood that we don't have a hurricane. I mean, I can't really handle much more. more. I feel it's like just, you just jinx us. Thanks a lot. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I mean, I'm just waiting. You know, I've got my like, I've got my water and my generator. I'm like ready to go. I've got like a hundred cans of tuna and, you know, MREs I mean, that's all in you the need. bag. Your cat will be good in the background with your tuna as well. You don't have to do, you know, do, get too, too many different cans. Hopefully your wife, wife likes tuna though. My wife's like, why do you buy so much stuff? You know, and I'm like, well, you know, stockpiling, stockpiling toilet paper a year ago was a pretty smart move, wasn't it? Ha ha. See, she wasn't laughing. Like you guys were the last one laughing. Everyone's trying right. to get a roll of toilet paper and you guys have two closets filled. Yeah. She's like, quit using coupons to buy toilet paper. And I'm like, <gasps> are you, you a see? couponer? Well, it, it's a long story. You don't have oh, to okay. do that. Yeah. That I, 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 I was living downtown uh, back then. And we had a CVS across the street. I just made a weekly round to go over there to get my two mile long receipt. You know, I do my little shopping. Yeah, you can get sales and deals. I know. You can. Fun I know. Times. I got you. So, um, are you glad you left teaching to come into real estate? Um, I think that this has been a good a good change of pace for me. Yeah, I mean, I had a time off. You know, I, I exited uh, education. And then I, I kind of did the finishing touches on that house, you know, kind of mm -hmm. took my time there. So for about a year, I just said like, oh, I'm just self-employed working on the house, you know, whatever excuse I could make to not mm -hmm. get a real job. Of course. <laughs> and so uh, during that fun employment transition, um, I realized like this is going to be a really cool industry for me to get into. And um, after being a teacher for 14 years and having a very regimented schedule, you know, you definitely have that like working for the man thing going on where you're mm -hmm. clocking in and clocking out and this being a self-employed and self-directed and an independent contractor, it, it really fits for me. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't, it's nice that you were able to like kind of go in full, like, you know, um, what was I, gonna, I can't think of the word I'm saying like a hundred percent, like you didn't have to worry about, you know, not having the money for six months or eight months. Cause sometimes it takes that long and, you know, you were able to work your way in and not have to be rushed, you know, and you could be able to do it at your own pace, at your own timeline and where it made you feel comfortable. At least that's what it seems. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but. Yes. Yes. I'm very blessed. And I'd like to take a minute here to thank our sponsor for this career move, Medina, Medina. my beautiful wife. Um, you know, it, I'm very fortunate um, to to be able to make a transition like that and have her support. So it's, it's uh, huge. It is huge. And it's hard. It's hard to get into real estate if you can't do it full time because it takes all of your attention and effort for a mm -hmm. long time to build a business. I mean, I'm still just a year in. So it's not like I'm sitting back, you know, um, counting my my money. I'm, I'm very busy focused on building my business. Um, and I will be, you know, for years. And how do you, how could you explain how you, um, 
build your business, what you do? Because I know it's different for a lot of different people, a lot of different agents. It is. It's different. You know, some people, you know, I'm 42 and I was a school teacher for years and years. So I, I served my educational communities. I made friends along the way. But, you know, I didn't keep a list of every single family and Facebook friend them and develop a, a big, you know, uh, roll, yeah, Rolodex of names and numbers. Um, some people, though, do. Some people, you know, are more connected, so to speak. And they might um, do a lot of, you know, volunteering and have social groups. Mm -hmm. They might run the swim team. They might have lived in the same place for 20 years. You know, I've right. moved lived in three different communities in Houston. So everybody's different. And I've just found that um, I build my business by providing value to every person that I get the chance to interact with. Um, I have to build the business from new contacts in my life. So I'm doing, you know, open houses every time I possibly can. I'm, I'm speaking to people in my neighborhood every chance I get. I'm wearing the, the name tag, you know, mm -hmm. and I got the magnets on the car. And if I'm blessed to write a contract on a laptop on the side of the road after an open house and somebody's walking their dog and they see me, man, I talk to those people and hand them a card. That's a good idea. So, you know, I just try to model um, the full-time professionalism of a competent realtor mm -hmm. and um, build my business that way. That, that's what I have to do. I just can't pick up the, the book and say, oh, 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 my friends from Princeton, let's have a reunion and let me buy everybody. You know, that's not like how I roll. But and I feel like that's not like the majority of people in the real estate. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I think it, you know, I don't know. I think it varies greatly. <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's 40,000 of us. Okay. So, I mean, there's a, a, a ton of ways, you know, to, to come to success yeah. in this industry. I, I know like you've only been doing this for a year now, but um, have you seen anything funny or scary or weird? In any um, yeah, lots of stuff. I mean, I okay. don't know how much I can get into like I've um you know I'll tell you what the funniest thing happened to me before I was a realtor okay. pretty sure I can't get into trouble for this story I was I was looking for a house to buy back in the old days with my my buddy we did a whole viewing on a house we would come in we thought man you know this is weird why are there so many blankets thrown on the couch it looks disheveled and we do the whole house and we're standing in the in the living room having the the talk you know, and out of nowhere, all the blankets moved. This dude stands bolt right up. He had been on the couch the whole time. He's disoriented and he like stumbles past us and goes to a bed. The and owner? Who knows? You know. <laughs> who knows? Some random grandpa guy just hops up <laughs> off the couch, throws the blankets off. We both have heart attacks. And he just ignores oh. us and goes straight to the bedroom. And I definitely like, would have tinkled my pants, I think. <laughs> it, it was the weirdest thing that I had seen. And my realtor commented that it was the weirdest thing he's seen. Yeah, just somebody random. I'm like, hey, what's up? We see all sorts of stuff. I mean, I recently was looking at a house and I saw like a, a bathroom, you know, counter, toilet. Uh, tub and then you open the door and there's like another 
toilet in a water closet. It's like a toilet in a toilet. It was like toilet inception. It was like, like, how do you do, like, how do you have a toilet inside a toilet? Like, what if somebody's there and you're done? Is there like a system? Is there like a, a like, bell first, you ring? Right. Do you crawl out the window? I mean, do you knock before you're done? That was weird. I, I don't That's know how that works. Weird. Now I just keep visioning, like, how would you have the whole process going? I'm sure that that house sold too for, you know, 30,000 over asking price. Probably. I'm I'm sure the flyer says rare toilet inside a bathroom for like, you know, just anything to sell a house. You never know. (laughs) You never, you never know. There's some different people out there that like some certain things, you know. To each his own, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, we see a lot of stuff, and I don't think I really want to run the highlight reel down right now. We can do I'm that sure really my, later. Maybe, yeah, off, off script. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I've always said I want to do like a podcast, but like uncensored with all of the funny things that people have realtors. Right, you, you can mask my voice so my boss can't uh, know that it's me. And like, on, what is I'll it like twenty twenty? Where you like wear like a, a like a mustache and. The one time I saw in this place, there was a. <laughs> we, we see, idea. we see crazy stuff. Um, you know, I've, I've been, um, I was showing my parents' houses, um, in Houston because I'd like them to relocate. Shout out to mom and dad. Hey, I know they're gonna hear this. So, we were looking at houses, and I came up to one, and um, it was vacant, and the doors were wide open, wide open. Um, I, you know, no idea what was going on. It was. I was concerned, you know, so I had to go in and check and secure the place, make sure there wasn't somebody squatting. You know, that was weird. I hear that a lot. A lot of agents have said about the squatters. There's, they're everywhere. I haven't run into any yet. So that's, oh, no. oh, that's, that's good. nice. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. That's very good. Well, I hope your mom and dad get to move down to Houston. I do too. We're Are working they on them. for like a retired community? Uh, not yet. You know, they're, they're fighting that. They just want to settle down and be close. Well, Cross Creek has a really good like community 50 and above i have and it's beautiful them, though. yeah it's really pretty and all the way i don't know if it's too far but i live out in Fulcher, so there's all new communities coming up now all over so just to let you know it's funny i've got him on a on a my dad and mom on a hard search <laughs> so like every day i wake up and i see like oh dad favorited a house <laughs> mom favorited a house that's good eventually they'll get there I hope so. It's going to be a process. Hey, change is hard sometimes for people, but it'll be good. So do you have any um, words of wisdom or advice or anything for people that are just getting started in the industry or have been in it for a while and are just starting to get frustrated because they've hit a plateau since you're so new and fresh and, you know, maybe have more energy than others? Ah, well, I don't know. I'm the one who should be giving advice. I've already corrupted enough young minds i don't know if it's hey i'm joking um you know i i think if you're just starting out um it's really important that you pick a good broker you know you pick a good place to hang your license um that's going to support you and then of course we all know i'm a big fan of gary green because i work there but um just in general that you know there are options out there mm-hmm. um and i think that that when you're a new agent, you should go interview those companies. You know, people, people act like we're being interviewed. <laughs> like you need to go interview the companies. Um, that's, that's the model, you know, 
if, if, if you pass your test and um, are somewhat capable of forming cogent thoughts and sentences, you can probably <laughs> hang your license somewhere. Yeah. So you should probably go interview those places. It's a good idea. See what fits you because, you know, I think it's not a good idea to come straight out of school and then go into a situation where you have zero support and zero educational opportunities and, uh, you know, zero availability of, of management or peer support. You need those things when you're starting, unless you're just some type of, you know, miracle. Yeah. I mean, just because you're highly intelligent, you know, doesn't mean that you're going to understand 20 years worth of real estate knowledge. And exactly. that's the thing about the, the better companies. They can bring that experience to you and you really do have a, a big team and on which, your side. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that could be the detriment of an agent as well if they don't do their research and they don't interview the companies and ask the companies or agencies or brokerages the right question of what would make them fit in there correctly. That, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, yeah. if, if you just say like, oh, you know, the split's like uh, zero, I get everything and I just pay $9.99 uh, a year, that's, that's great. I mean, that's not the get? only question you should be asking. <laughs> exactly. And There's you know a lot what? more to it. That's a good point too, that you just made. It's not all about the split in the beginning. It's about getting the right, you know, leadership and learning how to do it better as you move, get for like move forward in your career. It is. I mean, you know, you might get, let's say a 95% split at another company, but 95% of zero is still zero. Touche. You know, I mean, Mind I, blown. all right. I taught fifth grade math for one year, so I can. <gasps> I can preach about the numbers. You know, I mean, you need to go somewhere. You need to go somewhere um, that's going to help you grow. I agree. I like your words of wisdom and advice. Um, Once again, I would like to thank you, Brad, for being on the show today. I hope everyone has a great day. And remember, if you're looking for a reliable inspection company, please check out our website at inspectorteam.com for Brian and Brian inspections. See you guys next time.